Welcome to Canada's podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, Canada's podcast, the Atlantic Canada version. And uh, my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. And I'm pleased to introduce to the show today, go straight from Lower Sackville, uh, Nova Scotia, Mr. Anthony McNeil. Welcome, sir. Hey, Rivers. Great to be on the show. Well, I'm really pleased to have you on the show with all the things that I'm looking at here that you do and how ultimately be able to bring value to entrepreneurs today. So that's going to be a good conversation. But let's kind of start into your journey as an entrepreneur. What did, what kind of gets you started to say, no, I'm going to do this thing on my own? Yeah, well, are you talking specifically about my 32-year journey or my last seven years of Premier uh yeah, let's go into Premier uh, 32. We'll touch a bit at any of that, I'm sure, as we do the yeah. Premier sports. But uh, yeah, let's do the last seven years. Uh, well, essentially why I got into the business is that um, my previous three or four businesses um, were mostly to do about, about me, what I wanted what I wanted to get out of the business, the type of money I was going to make. Um, this particular business, I, I kind of happened into it. I really wasn't, wasn't supposed to be a business. I'd, I had been running a real estate brokerage. I owned one. And I came upon this this really neat sport called floorball. My son wanted a couple of sticks. I ordered them from a distributor in Toronto. He brought it to school. Next thing you know, the school was just loving the sport because it was so engaging. Kids who weren't playing sports were were, were stepping up. Uh, and then that led to um, uh, me getting involved with floorball Canada on their on their board. Floorball, uh, cool. Yeah, 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 cool. Which subsequently national deal. Yeah, well, I just, you know, I, I was the East Coast representative for this sport that nobody knew about. Yeah. Uh, because I was so involved with hockey as a coach and as a referee, um, I got the, the privilege of traveling with Hockey Canada over to Sweden in 2014 to look at the World Floorball Championships. Cool. Because uh, Hockey Canada was vetting the sport to see if it's something they'd want to partner with or a sport that they could bring into their association. Um, and it turns out when I went there, it was just a game changer for me. Uh, Ten to fourteen thousand people in the in, in rinks. Rinks built just for floorball. Four hundred thousand registered members in Sweden playing floorball. Uh, semi-pro players. Anyway, long story short, Hockey Canada uh, decided to, to use floorball and branded a a school curriculum to help kids, you know, get an early starter sport type of thing in their sport. And that led me to going out to more schools while I ran my real estate brokerage uh, and just. Connecting with teachers, um, and the teachers loved it. They bought the equipment. They put it in their schools. School board now reaches out to me and wants to do some kind of jamboree with all the schools. Subsequently, the parents and the school teachers were saying, hey, where can the kids play this part in the community? Wow. There was really nowhere. And, and here I was in my real estate business. The entrepreneur in me said, hey, well, you know, I can do this. Well, let's set up a couple of leagues. I I coached hockey for 12 years. I was on some of the executives of the minor hockey associations. I knew what worked, what didn't work. And I just decided that, hey, this might be a good side hustle for me. I could just really sell gear and get these kids playing this really cool sport. Um, and so uh, I couldn't do it on my own um, because it involved a number of different components of business. So I, I was part of a, a men's group. It was actually a men's Christian business group. And uh, two gentlemen on, on that group um, one was owned their own marketing agency, um, uh, responsive media, and the other one worked with athletes in action. So I, I, I convinced the guys to to jump on board, and we we built the leagues, we did the marketing, we found the software, 
and before you know it, we had the um, we had the start of a of a, of a floorball league. Um, and you know, we just ran it. Ran it like it was, for, for a sec, there, Anthony. When you say floorball for the audience, what how's that different than street hockey? Yeah, great different? question. It's a question I get all the time, and uh, there are a number of differences, mostly nuances, but. Essentially, floorball is a sport that's been around for 40 years, started in Scandinavian countries. Um, it's actually a soccer sport that plays and looks like floor hockey. Okay. If you were to just look in at kids playing in the gym, you'd think they were playing ball hockey. A little different. The sticks are a little different. They're, they're more or less uh, up to your waist in height, maybe a little higher. There's a wiffle ball. It's it's a composite stick with a really cool web blade. Um, but if you were to play the sport, you, you would notice the soccer similarities. Um, the, the, the big differentiator is the stick uh, in that in floorball, the stick is, is considered an extension of your arm. So like soccer and, and the leg, you're not allowed to hack the stick. You're not allowed to pin the stick. You're not allowed to lift the stick. It's ball contact first. So very much in soccer, you, know, you've got to, you, don't, you don't connect with the leg first. You, you have to make contact with the ball first. And, after that, it was on. Uh, and so there are different things like if you do make ball contact with the uh, or stick contact, the ball becomes free and goes to the opponent. There's an advantage. Uh, and most of the infractions are foul. So it's a loss of possession. Other team gets ball. Uh, infracting team moves back 10 feet and play resumes. Um, so How you, big is the ball? Pardon, pardon. How big is the ball? It's a wiffle ball. It's probably three and a half inches uh, hollow ball with. Uh, you know, dimples and holes in it, right? Um, very much pickleball almost. Yeah, okay, cool. It's got it's got dimples on it, whereas a pickleball is smooth. And so very lightweight. I think it's like uh, three and a half ounces or something. So cool. Cool. So, so so that's the biggest difference, really. Yeah, and you're building a you're building a league. Uh, are you building a league right now? Are you selling franchises that ultimately you're encouraging them to go out and build the build leagues in their communities? Yeah, the latter right now, but that wasn't the, that wasn't the game plan. The game plan was just to build a league, um, and then we started getting you know calls from different communities saying, "Hey, how do we do this?" And we we took the traditional route: "Hey, find some volunteers, put them in place." But unfortunately, like many of our sports organizations, volunteers aren't necessarily you know they don't necessarily step up or they quit or they leave or the quality of the game is lost and it turns into ball hockey. Mm-hmm. And, Maintain it's the spirit of the sport. And so I hailed from the franchise world. Like my very first business at 25 is I bought a franchise. So I, right. I wasn't thinking about franchising. I was thinking more along the lines of how do I standardize this? Right. How do I go processes so somebody to repeat them. How do I put the quality assurance in place so it doesn't go off track? How do I put the training so everybody gets the same type of training? So, so I, I essentially built that system that happened look like, taste like, and act like a franchise. Um, and, and so somewhere along the line, we decided because we were working with Floorball Canada, they were having a real challenge with, with growing the sport organically because not everybody's going to step up and, and, and lead a, an unknown sport in their community. So I essentially broke away and just said, look, I'll put together this business model because in my mind, being a franchisee, I saw the benefits uh, of being united with other business owners. I saw the brand unity. I saw the fact that we can, every, franchise owners can help franchise owners only develop better products and services for the kids. Um, but what, what, what I kind of discovered in doing all this is that we had built around 
essentially all the business marketing and operational systems around youth sports. So essentially, we were just an organized youth sport business mm -hmm. to have floorball as its product. And so the light kind of went off and I said, well, you know, if this is the case, why don't we bring more sports into our, into our brand? More of these low profile, unknown sports, the ones that are easy to play, they're affordable, um, kids need any early specialization. I said, that's the making of a, of a pretty good business model. And so we kind of shift the gears and start thinking about scaling and, and moving to more communities. And that's where the, the franchise concept kind of was birthed. And so who's your first franchise that you sold to? So I, I, I sold to a local guy. Um, I Being in the real estate business, one of the things that I've always fought for when I was a real estate agent and, a, and owned my brokerage was trying to get my name out there, trying to be different than all the other real estate agents. And there's a lot of things that real estate agents do, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of noise out there. So I found that when I ran the leagues or I coached hockey, I got business naturally because the parents got to know me and they started to ask what I did and that turned into business. Well, I felt probably the first place to start as far as franchising goes is to find real estate agents or mortgage brokers right. who would like to go into the community, who would like to differentiate themselves, would like to build a personal brand, have the time, the flexibility, understand regulations, you know, the systems and, and also understands about, about sales and relationships. And, and hey, I figured that if that was me who did it, you know, another mortgage broker, another real estate agent would want to do the same in their community and be the face of the, of the sport. And, and so I reached out through LinkedIn to a number of uh, uh, mortgage brokers in Atlantic Canada, and particularly this area, Halifax. Um, I created this really neat little white whiteboard uh, um, story that explained how it could help the kids and the youth, and more importantly, but also their business. And then I got a call from, from a gentleman who said, hey, I love this. And more importantly... Uh, he loved it because as a child growing up playing sports, he, sports had a big impact on his life. And he said that not only did it have an impact, it kept him off the streets. And he would have gone the wrong way and it would have not been for sports. And so that touched his heart. And uh, he spoke to his wife. And ultimately, they bought the franchise. And uh, turns the franchise cost? Our franchise started $15,000. Right on. Very affordable. Yeah, very affordable. It, it's what we call a lifestyle franchise. So okay. I mean by lifestyle is you don't have to commit your full hours. You can keep your day job. You can keep your careers. You can keep your personal schedule. You just need three to five hours a week to work around that and, uh, you know, create your leagues, do a little bit of marketing, participate in some network groups. So anybody can add it onto their lifestyle. You don't right. necessarily have to quit and get out of business. Fifteen thousand dollars is probably a hundred thousand dollars worth of what I call intellectual property. Yeah, of course, of course. Like, yes. So a lot of, what, there, a lot of money spent discovering what works and what doesn't work. And where are you now with your how many how many <coughs> how many people do you have as franchisees? I've got one franchisee now. It's my it's my uh, beta franchisee. And yeah, in right the franchising world, that's kind of the mo. You know, what I mean, you get your first, you work with them. Yeah, of course, yeah. You see. Yeah. It's one thing if it's one thing if I worked the, the business and it all worked fine, but now can I hand the package over to somebody? Yeah, sure. Yeah, to, you need a you need a you need a success story to which you can absolutely absolutely. So at. I spent we 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 actually kind of sold the franchise at the tail end of the COVID actually last summer twenty twenty. So yeah. there was a period of time where we really couldn't do much. So what we could do, we did, and it 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 actually served a purpose in that it allowed me to 
to be with them and be hands on a little bit more and actually walk them through all the things. Um, Cause I wanted to, I wanted them, I wanted to see them successful too, not just for, for the sake of franchising. I wanted the kids to feel the same impact that when I ran it as an operation, the kids felt. And um, I couldn't have picked a better franchise. They're, they're, they're just excellent. They just love kids. They're, um, they're entrepreneurs themselves and that they own a mortgage brokerage. They're, uh, she's a financial coach. She has three kids. She parents five kids. Um, so I could have asked for a better, better first franchise uh, franchisee. That, you got a league happening just between that group right there. Uh, yeah, a family league. Yeah, a family league. So what, what's the uh, what's when when someone gets going? How do you? How, how, what are some of the key things? And I'm looking for more for generalities now that you say this is how we focus in with. Uh, with floorball hockey, what are some fundamentals to getting it up and running? What are some 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 hacks, if you want to call it, that you have the team focused in on that maybe others and other businesses could also grab onto and say, yeah, that's cool? Yeah, I, I guess it all starts with the individual. I mean, that right. doesn't, what business doesn't. Right. Uh, you know, you, you've got to be able to have some grit. You've got to have some resilience. You've got to have some determination. And, and that just doesn't come because you tell yourself to be like that. There has to be, that generally is a result of, of believing in the business. Right. Believing in the products. And, and I call it the big why. You know what I mean? It's why are you, why, why are you in this business of organized youth sport? Mm-hmm. Going into a business that has a sports that are relatively unknown. You're going up against some of the main sports out there. You're fighting for parents' times. If that why isn't there, if you don't buy into that why, and you don't see the opportunity to impact kids. Uh, in our case, it um, may be different for for different different businesses out there. Then it's going to be somewhat of a what. In other words, what can you provide? What do I got to do next? And you can easily get yourself bogged down with the thousand details, right? Uh, and get discouraged if those thousand details don't get done. You know, we are essentially an event planner for youth sports. There are a right, lot right. that go in. Lots of checks and balances, deadlines, dates, ordering, registration. Now, we make it a lot easier because we have a system. Um, but if, if you get caught up in that, you can spend a lot of time in the weeds um, and, and get unmotivated. And so essentially what you want to do is you want to know before we start is we want to know why they want to be part of our organization. Sure. Uh, if that doesn't work, then we know there's going to be a little bit of struggle. So I, I, that's number one. Number two is being open, being open okay. to change, being open to, 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 to doing something different. Like yes. willingness to try something that's maybe never tried before, or do things that are, have been different before. In the organized sports world, particularly in Canada, it's very much a volunteer or community volunteer base. It's parents typically that sit on the board. It's a coach that play the sport that's put behind the bench, a parent possibly. We're coming in from a different angle. Because we want consistency, we want accountability for our leadership, we want turnover, uh, we want quality in our sports, we need somebody to buy into that model. And that means putting an investment up front and, uh, of capital and an investment of time. And... That's an anomaly in the youth, organized youth sports market. It's not that it's not done. It's done, in, it's done in very many independent ways. So there are hockey schools out there, Goldie schools, soccer camps, um, Taekwondo. There's a lot of great individuals out there doing their own health and fitness or sport organizations. 
but there's there's none that I know of in Canada that are a single brand literally going across Canada uh, with with uh, a unibrand uh, under a franchise system. There is one success story, and I modeled myself somewhat off it, and it's right here, and it's right in your territory. It's the Atlantic Hockey Group, uh, Charlie Bourgeois, and, and he built a great spring hockey program post-hockey uh, uh, league for a lot of youth over the over the years. Uh, and he was in every community in Atlantic Canada with spring hockey. So essentially he did it corporately, but it was all under the Atlantic Hockey Group. So that was somewhat of an inspiration to me to say that, hey, look, here's a guy that just extended the hockey seasons, did it privately, rented the rinks, took all the risk on his own, created the manuals for the coaches, hired the coaches, ran it like a business, and he did very, very, very well for himself. Not necessarily financially, he did very well in that he gave kids an opportunity to play hockey in the spring as well when, when the Tiffany ends in, in early spring. So kudos to him. We want to do that with the more low-profile sports like floorball and futsal you know, and other sports. We want to go across Canada under one brand. So it will require a different model or different approach, I believe. And that, to me, is ownership at the community level. So if I got a, an owner in Bathurst or I got an owner in Sydney or Charlottetown, it's comforting to know that they have skin in the game. They're there. They're out on the gyms meeting and greeting the, their, their customers. They're not leaving in two years when their, their volunteer term is up. So it's done in gyms. It's not done, done in uh, like hockey arenas. No, we do it mostly in gyms, although we can use a dry pad if we had the dividers. Got it. But it's mostly got a gym, gym sport, yes. Yeah, got it, got it. How do you make money besides the 15K? <laughs> make money, yeah, well. The question could be when I make money because right ah. now, as a startup uh, in the last seven years, we, I haven't made any money. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a labor of love. Um, mm-hmm. Franchisees are making money. My one is making money, which is good. Um, in typical fashion, there's, there's a point where I have a number of franchisees or the royalty I get from a franchisee will, will, will afford me a comfortable living. And, but you know, that's, that's 20 franchisees from here. Right uh, on. In the meantime, uh, I've got a side business myself. I'm in the mortgage business. Um, and I'm very blessed, very fortunate, very much supported by my wife, who uh, you know, is doing well in the corporate world and is giving me the latitude and, and, and the liberty to, uh, to take this on. And, and it's simply because she believes in the why, too. So... Tell me, um, tell me uh, about you, you know. You talked about the national organization, and uh, talk to that partnership piece for our viewers, our listeners about how you how you utilize uh, outside help who are in the industry to help you to build what it is that you're building. Because a lot of people don't. You know, they forget that you can build strategic partnerships. Yours happens yeah. to be one that's already put together and. It has some momentum behind it, but uh, can you talk to that? Yeah, well, the good thing about the sport of floorball and any of these low, low-profile emerging global sports like futsal and, and the other ones, corfball, pickleball, is that there's a small community worldwide. And so <laughs> anybody that's involved with, let's say, floorball, in my case, <clears throat> are, are very, very uh, helpful, very uh, open to helping you grow so the sport grows. And so when I reach out to the uh, Floorball Canada or I reach out to Cambridge Floorball, uh, if I reach out to Ottawa for the Ottawa Floorball Club, you know, arguably competitors at some point, I'm just not there now. I probably won't step on their toes for a while. 
uh, even USA Floorball, the International Floorball Federation. Like these are just organizations that are desperately wanting their sport to grow. And so when I come along with a a model that can help make that happen, they're open and willing to do what they can when they can with what resources they can. You know, they're not just right. everything at me, but they're certainly saying, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we create a pathway for some of your kids who." exit at 16 years old and we can bring up the national level. You know, maybe we can, uh, well, just give you a good example. You know, five, six years ago, I had a bunch of kids and, um, you know, they started playing floorball, as I alluded to earlier, and they just reached an age where they were 16 and 17, but I didn't have enough of them to form a league. And so what we're doing right now is we're partnering with Floorball Canada and uh, a local gentleman, and we're forming kind of like a Halifax team, which will nice. In, in the Four Ball League of Canada. And the Four yeah. Ball League of Canada is a, it's a tournament style league where you'll, you'll go away on a weekend and you'll be in Montreal and the four cities will get together for a tournament. A month later, you might go down to Toronto. A month later, you might go up into Ottawa. And this all accumulates the final spring tournament, which Four Ball Canada hosts, which is called the, uh, uh, the Canada Cup Four Ball Championships. And that's where the finals will be played amongst other Kind of teams that join in recreationally. And so the impetus for us was to say, how do we grow beyond our kids? Well, in partnership with Four Ball Canada and some parents who've taken on the responsibility of forming this team, we've now created kind of the very first city team, which is the impetus of that 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 Canadian Four Ball League, right? And and you know, this is you play on that team? Pardon? Are you playing on the team? No, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've aged out. Yeah, I'll yeah, that. I won't talk about my inability for endurance, my busted up knees. I'll just, I'll just category it all as I've aged out on that team. <laughs> so, what's the typical age of somebody that plays the game? Um, well, in our case, it's the seven-year-olds up to the sixteen-year-olds. Um, okay, got it. That's where we've kind of put our stake. Most of the clubs in Canada are more adult leagues; they're eighteen and over, and. Uh, and then you can get the odd senior league that might play in their 35 and over type of thing. Um, yeah. Of course, yeah. Now, Ottawa has a really good uh, a really good club. They're starting to work on their youth a little bit more. Cambridge now are starting to bring more youth into the club. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's they have to, you know, that's where you're going to get the future floorball players. Uh, right now, we're doing a lot of what I call hockey conversion. So when, when a player finishes their final minor hockey and they're not going on to hockey, they usually flip over to floorball, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, which is okay. great with some skills, but you know, we're looking to go deeper and, and, and groom floorball players. So what's um uh, you, you talked about passion as being important. We talked about partnerships being important um as we grow your business in this conversation. What's uh what are some other golden nuggets you can you can bring, I guess, from any part of your journey uh as being an Atlantic Canadian um uh, entrepreneur? You know, I mean, uh, there's a there's somewhat of a stigma in, in Atlantic Canada. I think it's a self stigma in that can can we bring something big and large across the country? You know what I mean? Or, or are we just Atlantic Canadians? Uh, and I've seen that manifest itself in a, in a lot of organizations. Um, and I think sometimes that's just a mindset. We are we're very traditional people. We like to keep things the same. We don't rock the boat. But I've seen so many success stories come out of Atlantic Canada that have influenced Canadians and North Americans. And I see, I'm seeing more and more of that. And, and so 
I think for me, once I get past that that geographical mindset, it, and like I said, it's, it's probably something that I grew up with. Um, I think there that we've got a lot of talent here in Atlantic Canada and a lot of entrepreneurs. And there are a lot of franchisors, surprisingly, birth of Atlantic uh, Canada. One in particular is Property Guys. Yeah. Success story. Huge, huge, huge success story. You know what I mean? And And I think... Um, Ken did a great job 20 odd years ago of, of breaking some ground for more franchisees. Meza, Meza Restaurants is now starting to, to see some, some big growth. And, and I love these success stories. So for me, it, it, it's, it's twofold. One, again, the focus and because of the, the, the way the economy works right now, the way the, the world is, you could be anywhere. You, yeah, you know, right on. It's getting right easier on. now to enter into markets. Um, uh, and people are more open to looking beyond their state or their province or their city for, for new and emerging and great ideas. And I think a lot of those great ideas are have been started for some 20 years ago by the, the people like Ken. Um, and, and I think there's a there's more to come part of that. So part of my my drive is to say, you know what, the, 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 the talent pool is great here. I'm not saying I'm the greatest person, but... You know, I've got 25 years in business. Why can't I build a franchise? Why can't I be uh, the hub of a, of a franchise system that's worldwide? Yeah, I totally agree. You can do it. There's absolutely nothing other than than my mindset. Well, that's my, my my next question was what's your what's your what's your what's your question? What's your call out to uh, uh, <laughs> to entrepreneurs who are living in Atlanta, Canada, about the support, the community, the ecosystem, if you want to call it. And I think you've reinforced it in a, in a great way, uh, Anthony, on uh, just in, in the, the why not. You get, yeah, well, why not? Yeah. 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 And, and you know what? I think in, 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 our, in our tradition, I think we're, we want to help each other. Yeah. Instead, that I, I could reach out to Ken tomorrow and say, Ken, help me in any ads. Yeah. yeah it's great that way. Business person. Very, very open. Very, very open. Yeah. So how does um how does somebody find you you in the pickleball world, or sorry not pickleball world <laughs> floorball floorball yeah floor hockey in the world sorry okay. yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah no how listen hey, you? we get confused with floor hockey all the time but with, you know okay. in the pickleball world you can you can find us in a number of fronts um, first and foremost you can always Google Premier Floorball and you'll and and we'll pop up you can go to our franchise site which is is uh, PremierSportsLeagues.com. Okay. Yeah. And if you're interested in looking at maybe starting one of these in your community, it's a low investment. It's a bit of work, but um, the, the, the why, the impact on the kids is, is, is amazing. It's, um, I've seen kids who've never played sports, 14 years old, come up and sit next to me on the bench and say, I just love this sport. I didn't think I'd ever play a sport. I see like we have one child where the, the, the child was um, a little autistic and he was in school and he really, didn't play a lot of sports. We brought him out. He suited up. He learned how to play nets, and he's probably one of the best goalies I've seen in a lot of life. Yeah, beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, and, and I can tell you, and the stories like that. Um, and, and, you know, it's it, we're all about, in our world, the sport is second. We're not here to develop technically sound elite players, even though that will happen um, because of the different talents. People. We're here to leverage sports as a way to create an environment where kids can feel like they belong. They have a role. Right. Uh, they might be having a hard day. They might have a hard family life, but they come to our environment. And it's all about encouragement. It's all about development. We want to we make sure that, you know, it's not going to be some kind of, you know, um, uh, kumbaya, 
They still got to work. You know, they're responsible. They still have to roll. They, but we have to encourage them and we have to give them the tools and resources. And, and hopefully what we do in those leagues allows them to exit our league as a teenager and, and an adult and have those skill sets so that when they go into the world, we we did our little part in, in preparing them for sport. Cool, man. That's really good stuff. Yeah, all around driven by passion, driven by purpose, and uh, driven by opportunity. So I, I love that whole element of it. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to kind of bring to the conversation that we haven't talked about yet? Um, you know, on just on a personal note, um, I think, you know, you gotta have it in your heart. You know, you have to have something in your heart that says you want to love onto somebody. And I don't mean the love in, in the add more way. I think it, it means somewhere in your heart, you've got to want to better someone's life and serve to the point where even if it costs you a little bit of time and money to do it. And that's kind of countercultural to the philosophy of business. But somewhere along the line, if you don't have that wanting to love into your customers and you want to serve them, you want to make sure that they, they benefit for nothing in return on your own. Um, I think if, with that type of mindset and that what I call heart set, uh, I think that will carry you a lot further than if you're just getting in business for the sake of getting in business yeah, or just going in for the money. Right? Um, and that's what I would say to anybody, any new entrepreneur coming out, is that you know you've got to you've got to find it in your heart. You want to know that what you're doing is is bettering someone's life, right? Right. That would be my parting thoughts. My 32 years of business, I've been that other guy. I got greedy for the money and would compromise my morals sometimes when I was 25 and 26 years old. I was that guy that you know made a little bit of money and, and, and got the pleasures of life and really didn't support good causes. Uh, I walked that path, and and it, it, it's just, it's just, it's a path of self destruction. Yeah. Uh, for me, now I'm on a different mission. Now I know that you know if I do make profits, what am I doing with my profits? If I do create a product and service, how's that impacting in a better way somebody's life? Um, and that's that's the purpose behind you know my 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 journey onward in the in the latter years of my life and my business. Uh, Ventures. It's just for in the last couple of minutes, because I think uh, we're, we'll end up finishing with this. You actually lead a, lead a faith based organization. Um, and uh, I know I've been bad at attending, but that doesn't <laughs> That's take okay. away. You're forgiven. Thank you. <laughs> that doesn't take away from the power behind that. Do you just want to talk a bit about that? Give the 60 second spotlight on it. Yeah, it's an organization that started about a year and a half ago. Uh, it's called Faith Driven Entrepreneur, FTE, and there's also a faith driven investor. And what is it? Just a movement where it's connecting business people and different businesses together in a cohort and in, in a kind of a video series, an eight week, one hour week reflection with testimonial videos of entrepreneurs who've used their faith in their business. And the whole idea is to show where you can actually have an impact. You don't have to segregate your faith from your business. You can actually bring in without having all the scripture written or out to have to be explicitly uh, overt in your Christianity. You can just bring it in. And there's, there's ways to do it. And you're not there as a cult. You're not there to try to convert your customers to the no. bank. You're, you're there to support work. If you're driven, if you're driven, if you're, if you're passionate about Christ and the journey and, and you know, believer, then this is a neat tool to bring it in. And I, uh, I, I, I think it's important to tell the story because there are many entrepreneurs who are faith-based and I think could take advantage of that. Uh, Absolutely. Of it's, 
I call it the alpha business. It's just a way for you can sit down and reflect about how can I, how can I be my gifts and talent that I've been given. Yeah. Better the community. And that's what I spoke of earlier. How can I love into my customers, my voice? Right on. Yeah. Cool. How do people get in touch with you for that? Uh, they can contact me uh, directly. Um, text is better. I, I don't mind giving my number out. 902-209-2130. Text, um, preferably. They can send me an email. It's Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, at premierfloorball.com. Uh, they can go to the website, which is um, um, uh, premiersportsleagues.com, and send me a, an email there. Um, anyway, um, or they can go to my LinkedIn profile, which is uh, Premier Sports Leagues, uh, or me, Anthony McNeil, and uh, they'll definitely see me there because I spend a lot of time with yeah. It's that's it's the weekend. Kept connecting. We're great. All right. All right. Thank you, pal, very much. Great hanging out with you. I recommend everybody to hang out with Anthony. He's got a good spirit, good heart, and um, good, good 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 intentions. Uh, and uh, let's see, you can be be second, third, fourth, fifth. Uh, in, uh, <laughs> floor floor ball. Floor ball. Uh, yeah, you get you'll get it. First. Yeah, I know I'll get it. And yeah, listen. You know, it's easy. It's a cool sport, and that's what we need to. We'll get the we'll get the brand name down. It's floorball. Yeah. It's not pickleball. It's not hockey ball. It's floorball, and that's what I'm going to end up on. Floorball. Thank you, thank, thank you, you Rivers, for the opportunity.